to the MetaZen cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential so you can discover your own values, the manner in which you're here to serve, and align yourself with the only certifiable rescue team you can rely on, yourself. Episode 82, Enemies of Excellence. What's up, Moonbeams? Happy Friday, and welcome to episode 82, Enemies of Excellence. In this episode, I want us to discuss the enemies of excellence, the things that are getting in your way of progressing, the things that are keeping you from your dreams, the fear that is keeping you from taking action, all the energy that you're chewing up in resistance and not doing the things that you want to do, not living the life that you want to live. So if you're new to this episode, what's up? Salutations, and I do hope that you enjoy the show. If you are coming back for another episode, what's up? Because, you know, I appreciate you coming back. I appreciate your continued loyalty and support. And I appreciate everything that you do for this podcast. Thank you again, friend. In the first segment of this episode, we will be talking about the troubles of urgency. In the second segment of this episode, we're going to talk about learned helplessness, and we're going to discuss how we are addicted to being heroes. And in the third segment, we're just going to talk about boredom and how that can certainly get in the way of progress and excellence and just how you manage and use your time. My overall intention for this episode is to and hopefully motivate or inspire someone to acknowledge that one way or another, you are always getting in your own way. No one is keeping you from what you want. You are making the choices. Your life is an accumulation of the choices that you make. And hopefully in this episode, we can inspire you to take action, inspire you to take responsibility and be accountable for your progress, for your success. Can you imagine what your life would be like if you did everything you possibly could to be successful? Let's jump in. Arthur Conan Doyle said, Mediocrity knows nothing higher than itself, but talent instantly recognizes genius. The very thing that I've always found very interesting about mediocrity, even since a young kid, is that mediocrity clings and flocks to mediocrity, and talent flocks to talent or and or genius. You know, as a kid, when we're in classrooms with other children, you know, some uh, some of the more academic children feel more drawn towards the other academic children who may be a little bit more interested in class, not to say smarter, but who may be a little bit more academically inclined, who may be a little bit more interested in school and, you know, maybe care a little bit more about education, more enthusiastic. 
and the children that are there who probably don't care, who probably isn't as interested or as academically declined, I mean, inclined, they pretty much flock to the people, the kids, um, you know, the same stock. And, you know, together they spend, they tend to spend more time with each other, like and like, like and like. Every now and again, you know, a talented kid, you know, mixes in with a mediocre bunch or a mediocre kid mixes in with a talented bunch. And most times, you know, those children feel very uncomfortable and they kind of kind of have that feeling that they're in the wrong place. Maybe they're not kicking with the right people, but they're scared to say something, whatever the issue may be. When it comes to life, you have to get real about who it is that you are. You know, I want to make it clear that first and foremost in this episode, I don't want this to be a bad, feel like a bashing of mediocre people. I want to speak to people who may want change, people who may want wealth, people who may want different things, but can't get out of their way. They can't resist the ease and comfort of mediocrity. So we're going to discuss some things and you may get a little triggered here and there. I can't do anything about it. This is just how I feel. This is just from my personal experience and just a lot of my experiences and observations in life. One of the first enemies of excellence, I feel, is the trouble we have with assigning urgency to everything. We have such a issue with prioritizing what's important and what's not important. We have such an issue with saying yes to this and no to that, or no to that. We've grown so used to living in pain and dwelling in dysfunction and just chronically living in a sense in a state of crisis mentally emotionally spiritually that we take that energy and that person with us in our lives and how we solve our problems and how we approach our goals and how we approach the way that we live our lives for a long time i used to struggle with this you know on a day-to-day basis on a weekly basis i would create an agenda for the week of all the things that i need to get done and write on a whiteboard and I would usually end up with about 15 or 16 things on the board. And that gave me so much, so many things to focus on that I couldn't hone my focus. I couldn't really concentrate. And every day was scattered, day in, day out, scattered because there's just so many things to do. And then I'll never forget, you know, finding or stumbling upon this YouTube, YouTube channel by someone named Aaron Arbonneau. And she mentioned this top three method, you know, where she was talking about on a day-to-day basis, focusing on three things that will affect your results, three things that will put you in the next best position for tomorrow, three things that you can get done today and feel good about yourself today. And that changed my life because it put me in a place to really prioritize what's important. It put me in a place to really focus on the things that will make me feel like a winner, that will make me actually make me feel productive, as opposed to doing a lot of just short-term, meaningless, low-value crap. And it can be such a hindrance because many of us, we can be the kind of people that can put such an urgency on running errands, going to pick up a package from UPS, going to the store to go get, you know, a pack of water and, you know, a couple vegetables or whatever like that for dinner, as opposed to bringing that same urgency to your workout session, bringing that same urgency to meeting that deadline. 
bringing that same urgency to arriving at work on time early or getting up at a decent hour or whatever, but shifting that urgency from more meaningless, low-value things to high-value things that can put us in a position to gain momentum, to take action, to build self-esteem, and to build confidence. And with that being said, another matter of concern is that, you know, progressing in this way comes down to your energy management and your time management, as uh, Robin Sharma puts that belief. You know, just putting yourself in a position to schedule your time, to manage your time, and evaluate, decide for yourself, what are you going to focus on first? So many of us, we start our days focusing on all the meaningless crap. And by noon, maybe by 2, 3 p.m., we've used all of our energy. We've used our keenest awareness and our keenest energy to do nothing. How about we change that? Richard Yates said, it's a disease. Nobody thinks or feels or cares anymore. Nobody gets excited or believes in anything except their own comfortable little goddamn mediocrity. One of the hardest things, and I do mean the hardest, it even makes me emotional sometimes, but one of the hardest things that have been so hard to accept for me is that most of the people that I know you know, I would go, I would go on to say maybe 90 to 95% of the people I know are happy and or content with living mediocre lives that, you know, maybe they will go on to just live and or exist, but they may never do what they were actually put here to do. You know, they are comfortable, you know, living in fear, they're comfortable not being their best, they're comfortable letting fear get the best of them, they're comfortable with allowing resistance to chew up their energy, they're comfortable with living victim mind, uh, lifestyles and victim mindsets and all of this, and this isn't to judge or shame anyone, but it breaks my heart because, you know, I feel like we all have something special to share. And I do understand that we're all, that we're not all supposed to be millionaires or billionaires or famous or on TV, but I do know that we all have something special that we're supposed to do. Whether you're supposed to, you know, be the supervisor at a soup kitchen in your neighborhood to feed the homeless, or you're supposed to be a helper, a volunteer, or a teacher at a daycare to help groom young minds, you know, or, you know, nurture children in the matter of, you know, helping them, you know, speak or take naps or whatever it may be. But there are so many different things in this world to do that we can do to contribute to a more beautiful world, to the larger picture. One of the things that definitely tends to get in our way is that we want to do and be everything for everyone where we want everyone to be and do everything for us. And because of that, we chew up so much time because we are way, because we're waiting for someone else to do something. We're waiting for someone else to apologize. We're waiting for someone else to give us closure. We're waiting for someone else to help us out. 
We're waiting for someone else to take action on, on our idea, on our dreams. We're just waiting for someone else or someone's waiting on us for that. We're giving away all our time. You know, we, we can't keep our cup full because we're devoting our time and energy to people who won't and don't appreciate us and appreciate what we do for them. It makes us feel good when they call upon us to help them solve their problems, to help them figure out their stresses, to help them figure out their lives. And, you know, it gets to a place where their problems become more and more tumultuous because they're not growing as a problem solver. They're just leaning on you and internalizing your strength, courage, and wisdom. And they're not having a chance to learn, adapt, and grow from the situation and they put that blame and pressure on you for not giving them quality ideas to outrun and escape this issue and that is unfair to you understand that we are not here to rescue anyone we are here to meet each other we are here to help each other we are here to collaborate but we are not here to rescue each other so many of us are so paralyzed with fear, judge, shame, and, you know, fear of struggling, fear of failing when it comes to doing the things we want to do, when it comes to embracing the mess and embracing the things that keep us stuck. So many of us are more comfortable with being helpless and, you know, blaming life, blaming other people, and just being fine with being stuck and not accomplishing anything or going on to do anything that can make our hearts sing. And it can be disgusting because, you know, like I said, I've spent my life around some of the people that are just fine with existing, just fine with surviving, just fine with scraps and just fine with living off of whatever, with living with whatever, with living in dysfunction and not valuing themselves in a way that God values and not seeing themselves the way other people probably see them, not realizing the potential that other people realize when or see in them. This, you know, that learned helplessness that I've spoken about in previous episodes, where it's just so much easier to be a victim. You know that arena. You know that identity. You know that lifestyle backwards and forwards. You know, to come out of that, to be something more, to be something else, that's scary because you spend so much of your life being this person, living in that victim mentality that you know that well. And it's certainty in that. It's probably misery and mediocrity in that. But you know what that contains. You've had time to be there for a long time. You mastered that. And now it's hard to relinquish that. And that person breaks my heart. I think the thing that we have to accept as people is that most of the people in our lives they're more than likely going to go on to just exist. And because of that, they will probably expect the same of you. They will probably project the same on you. They will probably not be happy when you're trying to do something different. They will probably feel shame and guilt when you share your dreams and goals with them. But you're not to take that personally. Just stay focused and keep pushing. Albert Camus said, Idleness is fatal only to the mediocre. I must say that as a 32-year-old man, 
I think about all the many lessons I've learned in my life, but when it comes to boredom, when it comes to idleness, I have a tremendous debt to thank to my, you know, to give to my father because growing up as a kid, my father had a very fierce and vis uh, visceral reaction to us being bored. Just the way he thought and the way that he moved around that. There was never any reason you should be bored. None. You know, I remember so many times me and my brothers and my siblings would just say, Daddy, I'm bored. Dad, I'm bored. And he's like, oh, well, if you're bored, why don't you just go stand out in the middle of the street while the cars are coming? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And close your eyes. I'm sure you can get some excitement out of that. Something's bound to, uh, something fun is bound to happen out of that. And I'll never forget those things because for me as a kid, he, uh, he created that association with boredom and a lack of time management, boredom and a lack of energy management, boredom and a lack of direction and purpose. We have too many books, too many encyclopedias. We have too many different ways you can educate yourself in this home for you to ever feel bored. You know, to him, to be bored means that there is no reason to live to, for me. To him, being bored meant that you had no reason to live, that you had no reason to want to go on, that being idle meant that, you know, you just didn't have a sense of self or a sense of being a sense of purpose and that's one of the worst things you can do i just never forget that and that has taught me a lot about being bored and how to accompany my free time or my downtime with a good book or to write journal reflect or whatever but i don't remember the last time i was actually bored even at work you know, I could be working in a call center or doing all types of different things. If I get bored at work, I will start writing. I will write music or songs at my desk. I will write poetry and short stories at my desk. I will do something productive. I will listen to Brene Brown or whatever, but I will find a way to, to manage the time. I will seek purpose, and I know if I'm seeking purpose, I always will find it. So many of us, we get so hell-bent on feeling like something always needs to be happening. We get so bent out of shape and we, only, we, we tend to chase pursuits and chase things, events and stuff that gives us that endorphin rush where we can feel like we're living, that riveting thing that feels like, okay, I'm doing it big now when, you know, I got it going on. So many of us fear being in our own company, being at home alone, being at home and on a weekend and it's raining outside and there's nothing going on. So many of us actually feel sick and have a physical reaction to when we've been living or going about and we haven't went to the club or haven't went somewhere, you know, for a week or two. And, you know, life no longer just feels like living. And, you know, we're just so addicted to distraction, you know, between social media and all the different things that are going on in our world. We are so addicted to distraction with all these phones going on. We're so addicted to distraction, you know, that the addiction to distraction is just as real as an addiction to drugs. You know, have you ever seen someone that's into their phone and they can spend their phone for hours and hours at a time? It steals their time away from watching TV, from spending quality time, from just being. I'm so grateful to have grown up in a period where there were no iPads and, you know, there were no, you know, 
Well, there weren't any cell phones, at least until, you know, I became a teenager. There wasn't any, I wasn't aware of cell phones. They, they, they weren't that prevalent yet. But there wasn't all this distraction. There was still room to go outside. There was still room to go for a walk. There was still room to read books. Understand that you are at your best when you are progressing. You are your most confident when you are progressing. You are your most clear and lucid when you are progressing. So many of us, we are holding out of going for a job or going out for a position. We are holding out on opening up a business or doing whatever it is we want to do for because of fear, because of struggling, because of resistance, because if we fail, then what? But at the same time, if someone call you call you out right now for being inactive, you will feel insecure. One thing I'm learning more and more as I get older is that life is not promised. I don't know if it's just, you know, getting older in general or just living in Chicago, but life is not promised. Make the most of this thing. Understand that it is so infectious and so common to be reasonable here on earth. It is so easy to run into someone who's mediocre and comfortable, you know what I'm saying? They're comfortable being mediocre. They're so comfortable that they expect it out of everyone around them. They're so comfortable being mediocre that, you know, they automatically judge anything that looks different. Anything that may show up as talent or show up as wit or genius, they judge it and give it a hard time before it's had a time to present itself. Anything that looks different, I've learned within my way with myself that you can go somewhere and people can look at you crazy because they can feel that energy. They can feel that glow of something more. They can feel that light. Not that you're better, but they can feel that light. And oftentimes we catch them mugging. We catch them looking at us with terse faces. But what I've learned is that they're admiring you. They're admiring your ability to be an individual and have courage. That's what counts. What's up, Moonbeams? Welcome to the Air Segment. Here in the Air Segment, we challenge you to take action. We challenge you to get real and we challenge you to be honest with yourself. We are challenging you to tell the truth because only you know the truth. You can wear a mask with anyone else. You can deceive anyone else, but you cannot deceive yourself. The true self in you always knows the truth. It always knows what you're here to do, and it always knows what you're capable of. The first letter is E, evaluate. Allow yourself to get better at evaluating what's actually worth your time. So many of us, we expend so much energy, so much energy in trying to, you know, handle crisis after crisis and trying to handle way more low value tasks and responsibilities than the things that will actually make a difference and contribute to our results, especially on a daily basis. So many of us, we feel like we become more empowered by trying to solve and, and dismantle problems by staying in a constant state of crisis. That's not going to work. So many of us are not great at 
prioritizing what's important and what isn't. You know, so many of us have such trouble saying no, you know, and I know because I used to be one of those people, but we can have trouble saying no to things. We say yes to everything. You know, we can know that we have a deadline for an important project that we have to do in three days. And we'll say yes to two outings, you know, within the midst of this three days, putting more pressure on ourselves to perform and increasing the chances of us, you know, creating some work that will have quality and substance. We have to get better at evaluating what's worth our time and what isn't. We have to get better at looking at the bigger picture and looking towards the long term as opposed to getting caught up in short-term day-to-day things that won't contribute anything to your bottom line and anything to the future you want or the desired outcome that you want. The next letter is R, rescue. Understand that no one is coming to rescue you. Your life is your own and it will always be. You may attract people along the way that can help here and there, but no one is coming to rescue you. You're not a child anymore, and any days of being rescued is over. Your care, your personal needs, your personal comfort, that is your responsibility, and that is your job. Let's be sure that we aren't projecting that onto anyone, that we aren't putting that pressure on anyone to rescue us from any situation that we've likely created for ourselves. Let's also understand that it is not our job to rescue anyone else. So many of us, we get older and older and yeah, I gotta take care of this. And you know, I gotta take mom to the, you know, to the doctor. I gotta take my brother here. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do that. And we bog ourselves down with all of this responsibility. And no one ever told you that was your job. You took the responsibility. Okay, understand that it's not your job to rescue anyone. There's always a solution to every problem, but understand it's more than likely not going to look the way you want it to look. So many of us, we want to be able to have the answers and answer, you know, solve the problems for everyone around us and train everyone to see us as this professional problem solver. And it gets in the way of us doing what we need to do for ourselves. It put pressure on us to have to show up for them in a way that we probably don't do for ourselves. So understand that no one's going to rescue you and it's not your job to rescue anyone else. Any help that you offer, that's that. Allow no one to put any expectation or pressure on the help that you give. Allow no one to put pressure on any generous nature that you share. The next letter is A, avail. Avail through every situation you may find yourself feeling bored. Boredom, I feel, is such a gross misuse of time. Again, I thank my father for, you know, creating that attitude towards boredom. I just, I'll never forget being a kid and just be saying, you know, just say, Daddy, I'm bored. You know, Dad, I'm bored. I'm just, it's nothing to do with this, you know. And he'd say something extreme like, well, why don't you go out in the street and go sit down and lay down in front of a car or later uh, go stand down the street. That might be exciting. And pretty much he equated boredom with the desire to not want to live, be it to me. He equated boredom with not having anything to do with your time and to be alive 
is to always have something to do, always have something going. Whether you're picking up a book, whether you're going for a walk, whether you're doing whatever, but never accuse yourself of being bored. Never get to a place in time where you can feel idle with life because there is always something you could be doing. Even if you're just being, even if you're just sitting on the porch feeling the fresh air, there's always something you can be doing. And if you find yourself to be someone who who's bored a lot, you are not living up to your personal potential. And I'm sure there are tons of things you're not doing that you're supposed to be doing. More than likely, your life has reached out to you in multiple ways to let you know that there are things that you should be doing and you're choosing to ignore them. No one is, no one's ever as bored as they let on or try to come on. So there you have it. Evaluate, rescue, avail. In the next episode, we're going to talk about how you should stop choosing the nonsense. Stop choosing to embrace the drama. Stop choosing to embrace the dysfunction. So you don't want to miss that. If you haven't had a chance yet, please head over to Apple Podcasts and please leave a comment and a rating and let us know how the podcast is doing. What topics would you like to hear us discuss? What do you think? Do you have any ideas to share? Thank you in advance. Also, if you feel led or compelled to donate anything to the podcast, it is very much so appreciated. And thank you again for that. Thank you for the sharing of these episodes. Thank you for everyone that you tell or share this podcast with. Thank you again for your support. Lastly, thank you for supporting the Medicine Cabinet where we get experimental about exploring your potential, baby. (laughs) So before we go, you are strong. You are enough. You are wise and you are tough. Enjoy your weekend and be blessed. Peace.